I'm going to say it's not looking good out there after the last couple of days, even though we had the jobless claims report come out a few minutes ago. And we did see that more people didn't have jobs in the United States. And that, I guess, in a crazy, crazy, crazy way is actually a good thing. But the events of the last couple of days have really sent the charts into different territories. And today what we're going to do is we're going to speak to Gareth Soloway about what we can expect looking at the charts now and whether or not we're actually following this Wall Street cheat sheet um, uh, effect. And that could maybe even take us one more leg down. So today is going to be another huge, huge, huge show with Gareth right here. Let's do this. Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Present. All right, we're all here. We're all present. Let's get the show on the road. Let's get the show on the road. So listen, we've got a big show today. We don't have any time to waste today. What I need you to do, subscribe to the channel if you're not already subscribers. We are moving up in the subscribers. How many subscribers have we got now? Six, 610,000, right? 610. We need to get to 611 today. So every little subscriber matters. Also, good comments below. Let me know. Only good comments below. And then like this content. Help us, let it, help us get it out there. We do have a lot to cover today. So let's get straight into today's alpha. Um, oh, by the way, we do have a winner of the BitGet watch. So now both Bybit and BitGet have given away the watches. And we are going to launch a brand new campaign um, in the next couple of days. We've got something amazing, amazing, amazing planned for you guys. So listen, uh, it's going to be huge. Anyway, let's get into the alpha for today. I did promise you alpha. Also, we did start early. So please just like this content. It just does help us tell the world that we are here even earlier. All right, so the, we have had events in the last couple of days. We had a couple of events that have happened. I'm going to break it down for you later in the show. I'm going to break it down three or four events that are causing this market to go down. Um, amongst them, obviously, the macroeconomic events. We had Powell speaking over the last two days. That really spooked the market. In fact, that drove the probability of a 50 basis point intratrade hike. Now it's like 80%. And it's pretty much a done deal until and unless we get good inflation numbers next week on Tuesday when the inflation numbers come out. Then we had the jobless claims um, today. Uh, we expected 195,000 jobless claims. We got 211,000 jobless claims. That means that 211,000 people filed a jobless claim, which means that unemployment is slightly increasing. And that is what 
caused the Bitcoin price to go ever so slightly up. If you look at it on the one hour chart, you'll kind of see that we were down here and we went up all the way here back on the back of that jobless claims report. But what happens in the bigger picture? How have the events of the last couple of days, Silvergate Bank, the macroeconomic events, how have they affected the big picture? That's what I want to speak to Gareth Soloway about. And I've got him here with me. Gareth, welcome back, buddy. Hey, great to be back, Rand. Thanks for having me. Just before we start, you've got a your own YouTube channel. You're doing a couple of shows a week. Um, there's a link below to the YouTube channel, right, James? Yeah. All right. So, guys, go and, and, and join Gareth's YouTube channel. Um, Gareth, what's the channel called? Because I actually want to watch the subscribers go up. I, I want to see it with my own eyes. You know, I don't trust. Um, yeah, it's ver Verified Investing is, is the is the name of the channel. And again, you can find it on me. Just be, be careful. There's some fakes out there. Like you guys know that happens. But again, you guys can find it. Lots of subscribers, great content. And again, I really try to bring the alpha. I love that I, my show is just before yours because it's a perfect feed into your show. It's amazing. It's amazing. So um, this is this is Verified Investing, right? This is the channel over here. Is it this one here? Gar Gareth Soloway? Yep, that's it. Okay, yeah. So go, go and subscribe. I do see that he has, in terms of subscribers, 69,400. So by the end of the show, we've got to get him to 72,500 subscribers. I'm going to watch this. So Gareth... While I'm watching these charts, let's call up your charts. How do you see the effects of the last couple of days? What's happened over the last couple of days with Powell's testimony? What has that done to the broader markets? How are you looking at this thing when you look at the charts? Yeah, so with Bitcoin anyways, we know that the Silvergate kind of collapse has occurred over the last week or so or two weeks. Uh, that's obviously put pressure on the, the crypto markets. And then we also know Powell came out with very hawkish testimony. Um, interest rates are now expected to rise 50 basis points. And that's been putting pressure on basically stocks as well as cryptocurrencies. Now, if you remember last time I was on with you, we talked about how I was I thought it was unlikely we would break 25,000 and instead we were going to roll over. That's exactly what's happened. Today, I'm going to go slightly bullish in the short term. And again, this is a swing trade, but look at the support here. You have support here and going all the way back to here. You should get some sort of technical kind of uh, kind of relaxation or a little bit of a bounce off of this level. Now, this isn't a long-term bullish call by any stretch. This is more of just over the next few days to the next week. I think we do see a little bit of a bounce in cryptocurrency. Can I show you guys my Matic chart as well? This is one of my favorites here. Look at Matic, how oversold it was right into this here technical level. Look at the bounce that's starting here. You probably get a bounce back to about 118 to 120 on the Matic chart. It's a beautiful one. So let's go back to Bitcoin because I think that 21,350 or whatever that, that level is that, at the bottom of the week there, that's a key, key, key level, right? Yeah, it is. That's that's basically if you go back to November when we started to hear about FTX collapsing, that was the FTX collapse. And then what I love about this is it shows how the beginning of a collapse turns out to be the resistance point on the way back up. So we came back up in this beautiful surge. We kind of hammered on it multiple days, finally breaking through, retracing again to that level and then retracing again to that level here um, for really the, the second time on the way down. Now, the one thing I will say is that you have to look at the difference between ma the macro uh, strength of a trend line and the micro. So what's, what's more powerful? Is the trend line more powerful now or was it more powerful the last time we hit? And the answer is it's, it's, it's less powerful now. What I, it would be what I would call a minor trend line. So minor versus major. It was major here because it had just broken through and it was retesting that breakout. Now it's hitting again. It's becoming a little bit weaker. So in general, minor trend lines, what you expect is for a small bounce before a breakdown. That's exactly what I'm expecting here. 
Gareth, if you'll just carry on going through the charts, we had a power failure here. I'm just getting my camera booted up. No problem. No problem. So, so folks, what I'm looking at right here is I think you retrace off of this support at around 21,500 back to this blue line right here. And again, that's around 22,800, maybe 23,000. Then be very, very careful because I do think you're going to get another bigger rollover where we take out this support and you could head down to 18,000 and change. Now, 18,000, I'm a huge buyer of crypto. Notice the upsloping trend line right here and the flat trend line right here. Notice how they're converging. One of the beautiful things about technical analysis is when two trend lines converge at the same point and price comes into it, it's as close to a, the, the, the perfect trade as you can get. Nothing's perfect in trading. We know that. Technically, we can lose. We can, we can always have a chance of losing. But this is as high a probability setup as you can get. So if you flush down to about 18,200 or so, that, my friends, is a major level for a buy on Bitcoin. Okay, now take me to the S&P 500 and right. the macro picture because i think the the damage that Powell did Powell did to to the macro markets the macro markets were doing fine until until Powell started talking walk me through what you see on the s p 500. yeah so what the what the s p 500 is showing and you see i have basically just two trend lines on my chart here that's all you need right now what you're watching for is which way does this wedge pattern break so this is a classic wedge pattern in technical analysis notice we're hammering on the lower end we're right there now my guess is you're going to get a little bit of a bounce up and then you're going to roll over and break to the downside. That break probably coincides with the bigger break to the downside we just talked about on Bitcoin, where we could head to about 18,000 and change. Now, if I'm wrong and we rally back up and we touch this 4,160, 4,160 level and we break above, now you're in the case for another leg up on the S&P 500. I don't think we test the all-time highs, but I think we could easily trade up you know, at minimum back to about 4,300. But right now I am favoring uh, a small bounce, both in Bitcoin as well as the S&P, and then a bigger rollover maybe a week from now or so. What do you see on the Dixie? I don't know why my camera's not working. I'm trying to get it right. But what do you see on the Dixie? Yeah, so number one, we're seeing the futures. You mentioned the jobless claims coming in a little bit worse than expected. Amazing how bad news is good news, right? So more people had to file for unemployment. More people lost their jobs. The markets are like, yay. You know, that's essentially what we're seeing, which is a really messed up view. But that's what the markets want. The markets want weak data so the Fed doesn't have to raise as much, right? So that's what we're seeing here. We saw that weaker data. It's causing the dollar to drop. That's telling us that the Fed is just ever so slightly less likely to raise interest rates in the future for the next few meetings. Again, they're still going to likely raise 25 to 50 basis points on the 22nd, but it's what are they doing after that? And right now, the weakness in the dollar so, is good for the market. So I must say, I think that the Fed raising interest rates this year is kind of inevitable. We're talking about, we'll talk later in, in our show about how many interest rate hikes they're going to be and when it's going to end. But I think what the market is not pricing properly is that how long rates are going to remain high because right now the market is pricing rates to be go up 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 and then in january 2024 to actually start coming down now my experience living in a country that has had a lot of inflation is you don't take rates up only to bring them down again you take rates up to hold them for a certain period of time and then you bring them down again right you're 100 right on that man hundred percent. So, so this is my biggest fear, right? And you're right. I think the markets are thinking, oh, this is going to be a real quick thing. We're going to go back to, you know, 2%, 1% uh, numbers on the interest rates. That's unlikely. And Powell's been actually saying that he's been saying that, listen, in, in the eighties, we saw Volcker 
do that. He dropped rates too quickly and inflation ripped higher again. And he specifically said, I don't want to repeat the, the issues that we saw with Paul Volcker in the 80s. So what that means is he's saying, guys, interest rates, even if inflation's coming down, interest rates are going to remain high until the economy really cracks and I'm forced to lower rates, which again, for me, I'm looking at a multi-year recession, although I don't think it's going to be a depression. It's going to be a multi-year kind of crappy market, crappy economy. And that's going to basically be not so bad that the Fed has to cut rates significantly, but again, not enough to bring down inflation below the 2% mandate. I want to show you something. So um, Benjamin Cowan published this chart, which is the Bitcoin chart over the Wall Street cheat sheet chart. Two things I want to point out here. We are now in crypto and we're talking about Operation Choke Point and we're talking about the government and how the government's getting involved. And I noticed that on, on the Wall Street cheat sheet, if you look at one of the reasons for the anger, it's like, who shorted the market? Why did the government allow this to happen? Which is really how the narrative is playing out. But the next thing he shows is he shows this chart over here with a little double top that we had. And it's kind of like going down to here. Do you think that this is how it plays out? I mean, is this how, how you're seeing it? That, that is, that is. And, you know, I've gone on record saying that we haven't put in the lows on Bitcoin yet. I still think we're headed to twelve to 13,000, maybe as low as 9,000. And I think the culprit of that is going to be a recession in the global economy that basically makes people not want to hold stocks. By default, crypto is going to get caught up in that initially. So I do think that there is more downside. And I think that that is the likely scenario. And notice how long that took on that chart that you're showing. It took a long time. So part of it is going to be that it's dribbling down, but it's also going to just kind of break investors' willpower. And that's the normal kind of scenario here for what happens with, with stocks and charts in general. That's the most important part. The most important part is the time. It's not the, it's not the, it's the time that, that you're going to, it's like running a marathon. It's not the fact that you have to run. It's how long you have to run for. Okay. Right. Before I let Gareth go, guys, I noticed that we've only taken up his subscribers by 200. 200 is, is I don't wake up for 200 subscribers. We need to smash these subscribers up. By the end of today, I want to see this on 72,500. I'm counting on you guys. Go to Gareth's show. There's a link in the description below. Just go and do it. Gareth, my man, sending you much love as always. Thank you for the alpha. I know you need to get to your opening streams. We'll see you again soon, probably next week. Can't wait, Rand. Thank you so much for having me, buddy. Take care. Cool. So here I am. I'm back. I think I'm back. Everything looks good. Uh, we had a power fade and the power fade took down everything but my laptop. So here I am and we're back and we're ready to rock and roll. So that is um, how we see the macro environment. And I, I did speak about this with Gareth today, this Wall Street cheat sheet. And I think Gareth touched on something that's super, super, super important. I don't know if we're going to follow this or not. In fact, to be honest, I don't think we're going to follow it. But in case we do follow it, you need to prepare yourself for a period where the market goes down and sideways for quite a long time. And as we, as Gareth mentioned, and as I remember from 2018, 2019, and 2020, the real test is actually not how, um, uh, uh, how low the numbers go, because it's a slow bleed if the market goes down. I don't think we're going to get a low, we're going to go below the 15,000, but you know, maybe Gareth's right, and we do go below the 15,000. The big thing now is to say, if we get this slow bleed down, are you geared up and are you ready for a marathon? Because it's no longer a sprint. It's a case of the people that are going to survive, the people that are going to make real money in the next bull run. And rest assured that the next bull run always comes. I remember when we were in 2018 and 2019, just look at this, this sideways movement that we had before we actually had 
the bull run. You see that? So that was the bull run. But look how long we had the sideways movement. In fact, let me actually show it to you uh, on the chart. Let's go to the let's go to the daily chart. People are saying Bitcoin's pumping. Bitcoin is still way below where it was yesterday. But I want to take you back on the daily chart to 2017, 2018, 2019. I just want to show you how long the sideways movement happened. The sideways down movement happened before we actually got the, the next leg up. It was, you could say it was from May 2019 all the way through to June 2020, where nothing happened. The market just moved sideways, slightly down, etc. And so what you need to prepare yourself for, just in case this happens, is you need to make sure that you can survive the race and that you are investing in things that are going to emerge out of the race, uh, out of the marathon. If you do, then you will get these unbelievable returns. But most people, unfortunately, won't. Most people will fall out somewhere just before, just after depression. And it's important that you stay really, really focused because if you are, if you um, are disciplined here and you accumulate the right tokens here, then if this is the whole market, if you've accumulated the right tokens, then you're going to get a much, much, much higher um, return here. That's that's how you need to think about the next period. The next period is about patience. It's about having a game plan. It's about deploying when it feels uncomfortable to de deploy because it meets your strategy. And that's what we're going to talk about in the show. And I may actually have a very interesting crypto um, asset that you guys can and probably should be buying if you're worried that you're not going to survive the marathon. Because for those of you who are worried that you may not survive this whole marathon. Or for those of you who, who want to hedge your bets, I may actually have an amazing, amazing, amazing crypto asset that you need or that you can um, that, that you can buy. The main thing, and mark my words today, if we go down this road, the main your main enemy is not going to be price, and it's not going to be time. Your main enemy is going to be losing interest. Because what keeps us interested is the price movements. You need to make sure that you remain interested even if we go that route. Now, I don't think we're going to go that route. But if we do go that route, you need to make sure that you remain interested and that you remain focused and you remain on the strategy. Cool. So with that in mind, I want to talk about why the market's going down and I've, specifically the crypto markets. And I've narrowed it down to three reasons and i want to talk to you about the three reasons the first reason why the market is going down is macro so we had some macro news today as jim bianco says there's bad news is good news bad more people got uh, 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 filed for jobless claims that is good news because it means that powell is not going to increase interest rates uh, as aggressively as we thought that he may increase those interest rates so that's really good news he did come out over the last two days, and that's when he destroyed the markets. And he destroyed the markets because, you know, before he started speaking, the probability of a 25 basis point rate hike was, was about 75%. And the probability of a 50 basis point rate hike was about 25%. That's now completely inverted. Now there's an 80% chance that we're going to get a 50 basis point rate hike when they meet on the 22nd of March. But before that, we still have the CPI numbers next week, Tuesday. We did have the jobless claims now, which were a little bit worse than expected. When he spoke in the last two days, he did say some things which scared the market. Things like inflationary pressures are running higher than expected. Scared the market. Terminal rates are likely to be higher than we expected. 
scared the markets. He also insinuated that rates are going to be higher for longer. And I think that he's right. Because as you can see with what's happening right now, the Fed is increasing interest rates and the effects of the increase in interest rates are taking a long time to hit the market. So it's not like the Fed increases interest rates at this meeting and then all of a sudden inflation goes down in the next monthly reading. It takes a long time for people to reduce their lifestyle, to stop buying things. Because remember, inflation only goes down when you and I stop buying things that we used to buy as aggressively. And it takes a long time for us to actually change. You know, just because interest rates go up by 25 basis points or 50 basis points doesn't mean that we automatically reduce our lifestyle. That takes time. And so I think what the market is not pricing incorrectly, and specifically when I read it, uh, when I read this um, this tweet here by, I've got to try and find you this tweet. There was a tweet here by Charlie Bellello. So when I read Charlie Bellello's tweet, I think the market has it completely wrong. Because what he says is, look, we're going to increase in March. We're going to increase in May. We're going to increase in June. Well, then we're going to pause. And then six months later, we're going to start to reduce. In January, we, we're going to start to reduce interest rates. I think they're dreaming. I think we're going to get interest rate hikes probably until September. And then probably maybe even up to a year with no interest rate drops, everything settles down and then we get the markets going up. So let's let's follow that thesis. As I said, right now, 25 basis point rate hike, uh, 50 basis point rate hike is expected in March. Then in May, which is the next FOMC meeting, there's a 25 basis point rate hike at 56.8% and a 50 basis point rate hike um, it, uh, has a 27% chance. And then in June, we we go up again, probably about 25 basis points. That is what, what the market is forecasting right now. There is one saving grace that we could get, which may give us some relief, and that is the CPI numbers that come out next week. And I But I think that 50 basis points next week is pretty much a done deal. So that's the first reason why markets are going down. It's the macroeconomic situation. And unfortunately, when it comes to crypto, well, there's nothing we can do about the macroeconomic situation. The next reason why the crypto markets are going down is because we're getting these, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, un, not the normal suspects coming out and starting to sell crypto. So, you know, yesterday we saw that the American government that has owns a whole lot of Bitcoin transferred 9,861 Bitcoin from the Silk Road hacker to Coinbase. And that is obviously a sign that the American government is going to start selling some of the, the, the Silk Road Bitcoin. But then we also have the Voyager liquidator selling a whole lot of assets. And you know, the, the, there was this tweet by Looks on Chain, which said that they had sold 56 million worth of assets in the past 24 hours. I've subsequently found a whole lot more selling that's happened. And I was wondering why Voyager, which is being taken over by Binance, is actually starting to sell assets. Because theoretically, if Voyager is being taken over by Binance, well, you give Voyager to Binance and Binance makes all the investors whole or not whole, but 73% of what they said they were what they had in the platform. But that's not the case. We do have a judge which has said that because Alameda is suing Voyager for $445 million, what the judge has basically said is he said, look, you need to keep aside $445 million. So a federal judge approved a stipulation between Voyager Digital and FTX, 
which includes an agreement that Voyager will set aside $445 million after an FTX entity sued for loan repayment. So this relates back to the time when, when Alameda bailed out Voyager. So remember what happened in, uh, in the past was Voyager was almost filing for bankruptcy. Alameda bailed out Voyager. And this created a $445 million dispute. And now what the judge is saying, look, the judge is saying, look, you need to set aside $445 million. And so we have this unnatural selling in the market where we've got $445 million being sold into the market by the, the, um, the Voyager trustee. Plus, you've got $200 million or $250 million being sold by the Coinbase, by the, um, the US government. And that's putting a lot of selling pressure on the market. Now, usually, I would say that selling of 250 million or 500 million dollars is it's nothing come on what's 250 or 500 million dollars problem is that when you take that 250 million dollars plus another 250 million dollars or plus 450 million dollars and then you overlay that with operation choke point which is currently in full swing by the us government trying to choke the on-ramps and off-ramps to crypto you got a problem because you got all the selling and you got no way to get money onto the ecosystem to actually be buying this. And listen, Operation Choke Point is now in full, full, full effect. I actually want to show you uh, a few things. So yesterday, so first of all, kudos to Nick Carter, because on February 9th, Nick Carter came out with this blog. He said Operation Choke Point 2.0 is underway and crypto is in its crosshairs. And he started showing us that there is a coordinated plan to choke the amount of money that can get onto the crypto ecosystem. And this is happening by the US government. And he showed a whole lot of things. He said, Elizabeth Warren and uh, John Kennedy and Roger Marshall send a letter to Silvergate Bank. Signature Bank is also taking um, uh, uh, steps to start cutting down their crypto deposits. The Fed, the FDIC and the OCC released a joint statement on the risks, on the risks to banks engaging with crypto so kind of like that's in political speak that is kind of a warning you know when the fdic the fed and the occ release a statement to the banks warning the banks to 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 watch out for the implications of crypto you know you've got a problem you know you've got a problem so he published this this uh, document since then We've obviously had the run on Silvergate Bank. And yesterday, we actually heard that Silvergate Bank put itself into liquidation. So Silvergate goes into liquidation yesterday. As that happens, the crypto market gets hit. You can see all the, all the, um, the, the protocol started to get hit. That was the big, the big cause of this collapse, was the Silvergate Bank finally going into voluntary liquidation. So they, they, they are solvent. They did say that all their depositors will get all the all the money that they deposited into the bank, but they're going to voluntar voluntarily, very slowly, in an orderly manner, actually shut down this bank. Now, a lot of people called this. A lot of people said it was going to happen. And in fact, short sellers here made $780 million in the process. Now, you remember that we had a guy called Mark Cohodes on the show, and he was the guy that was saying that Silvergate Bank is going to go bankrupt. There were shenanigans. They were involved in the whole FTX thing. And he was the guy who was pretty vocal about um, Silvergate Bank going down. In fact, let me actually show you one or two of, of his previous tweets.
if I've got them. Actually, I don't have his previously, so I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you in a second. So anyway, so Silvergate Bank is now gone. With it, one of the biggest on ramps and and suppliers of money into the crypto ecosystem because they, they were like the big crypto bank. That was like like step number one. Now there are concerns that the next bank to go under is actually going to be Signature Bank. So Signature Bank is the next, it's the other crypto bank. So Mark Cahody is the same guy that called the Silvergate Bank collapse. He said, what does that make um, Signature Bank New York? Signature Bank New York is to Binance what, what Silvergate Bank was to FTX. It's a question of time, basically. He is now warning that, and he did warn about FTX and he did warn about Silvergate Bank. He's now saying, look, Signature Bank is the next one to go down and because it is to Binance what Silvergate Bank was to FTX official, which, which is a way for FTX to get money onto their ecosystem. That is what he's warning at the moment. Now, I don't know if you guys heard this last night, but he was he was on a Twitter Spaces with, with Simon Dixon. You got to hear this. I mean, I think it's super funny. No sound. No sound. No sound. Mm. Hold on. Let me try and get sound. Let me try and get sound here. I'm I'm well aware where a burn and burns four years okay. gone and I helped throw his ass out of there. T zero T zero is the only game in town. No, you've got no. securitized, you got INX, you've got um... and, is is INX SEC and FINRA approved? Yes. I am I I I am at, Yes, so it's securitized. Thanks I, to the I, future, I, the company I co-founded, the first securities business in crypto. Time out, time out there's time. a there's a lot of other players. You're just pushing your get your back. Okay. Who's this? Who's talking? Uh Simon Dixon. Okay. I'll remember you, Simon. No problem. <laughs> no, I'm just saying there are no, there I'm, are I'm other just, regulations. We, just, we've I'm been saying regulations si since si 2011. Simon, Simon, yeah. you're full of more shit than a fucking Christmas turkey. Do you know Why? who the founder of INX is? Uh, do you know who he is? The what? Well, Alan Silbert, Barry Silbert's brother. No, that's not the founder of INX. Do you know the founder of INX? Yeah, because I was um, pitched the business from the first okay. seed round who, from Alan who, Silbert. Who's, who's the founder of INX? I'll give you a hint. He's Israeli. He's Israeli. But yeah, they are SEC regulated. Well, well, no, that's not the question. You said you know who the fucking founder is. Who well, is I it? thought it was Alan Silbert. Tell me. It's tell not me. Alan Silbert. The guy's Israeli. Do you know who it is? No, I don't. No. Then don't fucking tell me you know who it is. Don't what? fucking tell me you know who it is. He's, well, he was, I didn't, he I didn't was, know that he was, was his shadow founder. I, don't, I didn't know that. I okay, it was okay. Well, well, you learned something. So keep your fucking soft-ass game away from me. Till you, till you know what you're talking about. All right. So that's Mark Cotis. He was the guy that called the Silvergate collapse. He's now, he's calling two collapses. He's calling Signature Bank New York. And then get this. He's also calling, he says, unless Raul Paul comes clean and makes things right, real vision is finished. I wonder what he means there. I'm dying for Raul Paul to actually come back and, 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 and give her a battle here. Anyway, listen, after Silvergate Bank, after Silvergate Bank went down, Signature Bank's share price also plummeted. It went to $96. You see it went down 7.11% yesterday after the, um, the uh, um, 
the 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 uh, Silvergate Bank went down. So there's a real, real, real concern now around banks who can provide on ramps and off ramps for crypto suppliers, and that's the second thing. That's it's it's this it's this it's the macroeconomic environment. It's Silvergate. Um, it's 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 the macroeconomic environment. It's these forced sellers that are coming onto the market like the US government. Then you've got Operation Choke Point. And Operation Choke Point is real. It's not only Signature Bank and Silvergate. We we did hear yesterday by Coindesk, so by by the same people that leaked the Alameda balance sheet. So remember we had the Alameda balance sheet that was linked by Coindesk. Well, the same people published something yesterday that said JP Morgan is cutting ties with crypto exchange Gemini. And they wrote a whole article about the fact that JP Morgan is cutting ties with Gemini. And it's quite concerning because Gem JP Morgan is also Coinbase's banking partner. Now, what they said here is they said Coinbase's banking relationship with JP Morgan actually remains intact. So at least that was it. Anyway, a few minutes later, a few minutes later, they came out with a Gemini came out and said, despite reporting to the contrary, Gemini's banking relationship remains intact with JP Morgan. But what you can see here is that everyone is on edge and the banks are starting to cut off access and it's starting to affect the crypto companies. I also saw this. I saw the fact that crypto.com is struggling to maintain fiat on-ramps and off-ramps in the face of the banking crisis. And what it says in this article, it says the Singapore-based exchange um, says is now able to provide euro-denominated banking service to users in Europe in, in Europe, having previously lost the ability to accept US dollar deposits because of issues with its banking partners. So there we go. Another one, another uh, uh, bank is, is limiting um, on-ramps and off-ramps for another exchange. So this operation choke point is real. And you'll appreciate that for as long as you can't get money onto the ecosystem, then who's going to buy? How are you going to buy if you can't get money on the ecosystem? And if you can't buy, well, how do we get crypto to go up? It it sounds crazy. It it's it sounds very 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 scary. Someone says Ali says she says scary times. Ali, I think you're right. But if I wasn't here in 2017, I'd be panicking. But I saw this. I've seen this all before. I saw this in 2017. And all that happens is that a new breed of banks and a new breed of innovators actually find a way to bypass the regulations and the hurdles and to make it happen. And specifically, if you look at things like um, uh, uh, Signature Bank, Signature Bank weren't the crypto-friendly bank in 2017, and they emerged as a crypto-friendly bank. So I think what I'm seeing now is I'm starting to see and feel peak FUD. It seems like peak FUD. You know, when the governments are against you and you can't get money onto the on-ramps and off-ramps, it does start to feel like peak FUD. And as I said to you, I think that the fact that we're at peak FUD is one thing. The question is, how long will this last? How long? Someone says, yes, use Tap Global. I agree with you. You can use Tap Global. Uh, they are one of our sponsors, as you know. There's a link below. Sign up with Tap Global. Um, you can, if you're in the States, you can actually um, get onto their waiting list. And if you use the link below, you can earn between zero and a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin just for using the link below. So just, so do it while, while while we're there. But going back to it, it does feel like we're in peak FUD season. 
The question is, how long will peak fight last? And you got to prepare yourself for a huge um, marathon, as I said to you before. What you can see here is that the worst part of the price decline, even if this chart is right, we've gone through the worst part of the price decline. Imagine going through all of this, surviving all of this, and then falling out in, in, in this little section over here. That, that would be catastrophic. That would be ridiculous, right? The idea is that you've got to remain interested and you've got to operate with a strategy. You've got to make sure that you block out the noise and you say, look, regardless of what happens, I'm going to be buying this token if this happens. So you need to be buying tokens where you believe that the token or the company or the protocol will survive despite a long bear market. Come out on the other side, come out on the other side, well capitalized, come out with a narrative that's going to be an amazingly, amazingly, amazingly strong narrative. And if you do, then essentially, not only will you rally with the market, but if you catch these things right, you will explode the market. So it's a case of looking, looking at the tokens and saying, right now, you're going to get the bargain of your life because everyone's going to run. Most people are going to fall off. When they fall off, they're going to sell their tokens. That is what is going to drive the prices from here to here. You can already see it. Things like Blur going from $1 to 55 cents or whatever the price of Blur is. You have got to ask yourself a question. Do I like the narrative of NFTs? Do I think that the narrative of NFTs is going to be here for the next bull market? Do I, do I believe that that NFTs are going to survive the massive regulatory challenges that are about to hit this, 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 this industry. Ask yourself, is the narrative right? Will it survive regulatory challenges? Is it going to come out on the other side? Is it going to be well capitalized on the other side? If the answer is yes, you probably want to be picking up these, these tokens because, because you're probably not going to get a better opportunity to pick up these tokens than now. While everybody is dumping, you want to be buying. And I know this morning when you woke up, it felt super, super, super uncomfortable. It felt uncomfortable for me. And I had to keep reminding myself that all I'm looking to do is I'm looking for narratives that will come out the other side, narratives that will come out of the other side of the regulatory challenge. The companies must be well capitalized and must be ready to fly in the next bull market. That is what, what you're looking for. There is one crypto asset where it, it checks all the boxes and it may be one of the best ways to invest in crypto without investing in specific tokens. So it's almost like investing in an index. Imagine I said to you, look, there's an index of companies. There's an index of, of, of crypto companies that are very well capitalized, will definitely beat this, the regulatory challenges that this industry is about to take is playing in multiple narratives. So it's an index that gives you access to multiple narratives uh, in, in crypto, all which are good narratives, things like liquid staking, things like NFTs, things like exchanges, things like wallets, things like stable coins. If I said to you, there's an index of companies that will beat the regulatory challenges, has amazing investors, has enough money to come out the other side and plays in trading, NFTs, staking, stable coins, and wallets. And it can operate in the United States. What do you say? Do you buy it? 
Let me know in the comments below if, if, if that's something that you'd buy. I would buy it. I would buy it. And so I think the answer is something that we've spoken about, but maybe, maybe, maybe we haven't considered it as an investment for us DJs. Okay, so I'll tell you what the answer is. The answer is very, very, very simple. Staring you in the face. The answer is Coinbase. Okay, why do we say Coinbase? Because Coinbase is effectively a crypto index. Why is it a crypto index? Because if you think about the narratives that Coinbase plays in, one, Coinbase is an exchange. Not only is it an exchange, it's a regulated exchange in the United States with fiat on-ramps and off-ramps and probably the most highly regulated exchange in the United States. Two, it plays in multiple narratives. Coinbase is an exchange. They have an NFT exchange. They are one of the biggest in staking. In fact, let's look at, 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 their, sta at, their, at their staking. You can see that after Lido, okay, after Lido, Coinbase is the biggest staking pool in the, in, in the US. They play in stablecoins. Yesterday, they made an announcement about the fact that they're launching wallets as a service. So Coinbase has an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, uh, wallet. But they also launched wallets as a service yesterday. So Brian Armstrong came out and he said, today Coinbase is launching wallets as a service, a scalable, secure set of wallet infrastructure APIs enabling companies to easily create fully customizable on-chain wallets for their users and apps. In other words, what he's saying is, look, if you want to provide a wallet to your user base, don't create a wallet, use the Coinbase wallet and we'll just white label it for you. And that's what, what they launched yesterday. I think that there's an ad. I want to show you the ad. And while you guys are watching that, I want to take my shirt off because it is boiling in this, in this, in this uh, office. Oh. What is this archaic system? Mother's maiden name? Ebowitz? You're telling me this guy is how things get verified. That's my job. Oh. I'm just saying, you shouldn't have to buy $10 worth of gum if you just want 79 cents worth of gum. Why do you get charged your money to take your money from your account? And if you're out of money, they charge you for being out of money? What? An overseas transfer takes five days? Business days. Why? What are they using? A Zeppelin? I deposited the check Monday. But money was a bank holiday. Why is this the way it is? A bank holiday? This system makes no sense. This makes no sense. Who designed this system? Is this really the best we can do? Hello? Don't we deserve better? Okay, so I mean, I think that's a, a pretty cute ad, but I think I, I've, I've communicated to you what I think there is a great option. If you, it might not be the most degen of options, but there is a great option if you're looking for something rather safe that will definitely come out the other side, well capitalized, playing in multiple narratives. Today, the market cap of Coinbase is $13 billion. So if I compare, and that's the full market cap of Coinbase. If I compare that to like a Binance or all the other exchanges, it's still relatively cheap given the fact that this is the most highly regulated uh, players in the States. So, you know, it's not DGEN and you can't trade it 24 seven, 365, but it is an amazing, um, it is an amazing, amazing play. Uh, if you want to be in crypto and you want to be slightly less risky and more passive in your investment approach, hey, it's staring you right in front of the eyes, in, right, right in front of your eyes. I think it's a great buy. In fact, I'm going to continue buying it. I have been buying it. I told you guys, I started buying it at $38.
and I'm going to carry on buying it. In fact, let's look at what the price of Coinbase is now. $62, still good value. Keep buying, keep accumulating. This thing has been, I mean, it was as high as $420. So they will come out the other side and they will come out on the right side of regulation. If anybody's going to come out on the right side of regulation, it's definitely going to be Coinbase. Um, what else is it today? So we did see that the Mt. Gox uh, liquidator delayed the distributions from 10th of March to April 6th, which is great. We also heard that the largest creditor will not sell its return Bitcoin. Or they didn't quite say they're not going to sell the Bitcoin. They just said they opted to receive their money in Bitcoin, not in money, so in, in, in dollars, which means that they're probably not going to sell. So that does delay the, um, the sell pressure. More delayed sell pressure. I saw a chart which I think is worth sharing with you. Um, you know, one of the, the the concerns that we have is that people are going to get the, their ETH that is unlocked from the Shanghai upgrade and that they're going to sell it onto the market. Well, I did see a great chart that actually maybe debunks that. So it shows the ETH exchange balance over time and then shows the increase of ETH in the staking contract. So it's kind of showing, look, even today, the increase the ETH in the staking contract keeps increasing, which means that you know if the ETH in the staking contract keeps increasing, well, that means that maybe when these ETH come unstaked, more people will just continue to stake and that'll offsell those pressures. So maybe that's something that we need to look at. Um, what else is there today? I saw this Biden yesterday proposed doubling the capital gains tax from 20 to 40, and also he wanted to to make a capital gains tax on unrealized gains, which is absolutely out of their minds. It's not going to get passed. It's probably not worth talking about because of that. Um, I think that is it for today. Let's, let's quickly just take a last look at the markets. 21,735. Let's quickly look at the bubbles and see if anything's happening. Filecoin is happening because they're launching their smart contract blockchain, I think now, this week. Uh, 14th. Okay, so next week, Tuesday. Um I did see someone was someone actually posted a chart about this. Let's quickly just try and find it. So many tabs open. There we go. Someone just said, look, a good example uh, is Filecoin, which is about a broke trend. So, I mean, it is something to to watch. Um, I think that's it for today. Listen, I'm going to see you guys again tomorrow. There's a big banter tomorrow. Who's on banter tomorrow? Does anyone know? No one knows. And our thumbnails, Ishan and, and Meltem. Oh, it's, a, it's a big one tomorrow. All right, listen, I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, listen, have fun and trade well, my friends.